Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm Amy Tanyi Zhao, a Chinese living in America. You want me to call you Amy, or do you want me to call you Tianyi? And I'm Meg, an American who is about to marry into a Chinese family. It allows people to have an eye into who we are as people and how we find our own identity in the world. We're the hosts of this work. A podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures and shares stories that intersect Chinese and American culture to interrupt cultural barriers and create connections. Amazing. So I will kick out the episode with a little bit of introduction with Jenny. So Jenny is yes. actually our last one of the last guests that we have for the motherhood series, we understand this is a series that has been going on for quite a while. And um, there is a reason why she came right after that we interviewed one of our biggest guests, which is Dr. Wednesday Martin, uh, the creator of the Birkin Back Phenomenon. But um, I found Jenny's and her story very intriguing and interesting. And I would love to talk to her today with my co-host Meg. Um, Jenny is, for those of you who don't know her, she's an award-winning Chinese fashion and lifestyle influencer living in New York. And that was actually also the reason why I got to know her was from one of her events that I went to. And I realized, wait, hold on, this lady, she did everything and anything that a girl could ever have imagined. Um, most people can only think about it, but she did it. And um, she's owner of the Velvet Co. International, a PR agency creating cultural connections in between China and the U.S. with the focus on communications, influencer marketing, program and partnership. Clients include um, a lot of the brands that I, I'm not really authorized to say, it, but a lot of brands that you will heard of. Um, and on top of that, on top of everything, which is super, super interesting to me, and it was also one of the reasons why that we we think she would be a great guest for our episode today is that um, throughout last year, she had um, a baby. So now she is a mother of a 17 month girl. So, so, so thank you so much for coming on and welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much. Wow. Your introduction made me feel like, oh, is that me? It's a, it's a really honor to be here and talk with you guys and share any experience that I could share with you guys too. Thank you so much. We're mm -hmm. super excited to have you on. I mean, it's just listening to, to your intro just is inspiring in and of itself. But like all great stories, um, there's always a beginning. So I'd love for you to tell us your story and how you got here. Okay. Um, it's a very long story, uh, if I make it really into detail. Um, so I grew up in the second tier city in China, uh, Jiangsu Yanchen. I'm not sure you have ever heard about it. Um, it's by the sea. And um, I had a really nice, wonderful childhood over there. Um, so I went to Shanghai uh, when I was around uh, middle school um, because my dad moved his job to Shanghai. So I followed him. Um, and it was a big change for me because, you know, growing up in a small city and suddenly realized, well, I'm living in this big city now. A lot of things looks different. People are different, different attitude, uh, different culture. So it's a culture shock for me already <laughs> as a little 
kid, a little girl growing up in a second tier city. Um, so yeah, um, throughout my life in Shanghai, um, my dad, because he worked in an international company, so he invited a lot of foreign friends come to our house and, you know, chat with us, have dinner with us. So I'm growing up, um, always have this communications uh, with foreigners. And that made me has a natural interest about the outside world. Um, after I graduate from Tongji University, the college in Shanghai, I uh, just naturally decided that I need to apply my master's degree in the U.S. and, you know, to see the outside world. Um, so with full support from my parents, I went to BU, the Boston University, to pursue my arts degree, arts management in, um, in, the, in the college. Um, I remember during my time in school, I was always the nervous one because, you know, there's so many top school kids around me. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, work harder and trying to, you know, find a job after I graduate. And I, I basically worked in a lot of places that where I can get my internship from, um, like galleries, museums, because I majored in arts. So those are the, the area that I'm fitting in. Um, and even dance school. I don't even know why I enter, enter there, but, you know, that's where I can get my internship. And um, after all this experience, I finally got a job, luckily. Um, after I graduated from BU, I went to New York for my first job in a PR company um, specialized in fashion and art. They are also an international company based in, uh, based in Beijing and New York. So um, where I can, you know, do all the things that I used to dream about. Um, so that was a really good experience. I learned a lot. I realized, oh, fashion industry is something that I will be interested in as well. Um, so after that, they, um, they got me a work, work, um, H1B visa for me, which is a foreign visa, foreign work with visa for, uh, Chinese and all the other foreign students in the USA. Um, so I got to stay in New York, which is my dream city, uh, which is still my dream city right now. Um, and when I was working in um, fashion industry in New York, of course, I changed to some other uh, other companies to work for, including um, an auction house, actually, a museums and uh and a China Institute, which is a culture institute in in U.S. Um, so before, uh, after all of this experience, I realized I wanted to pursue something more, a combination of fashion and art. And uh, yeah, so when I was working in all these different companies, I already established my comp- my my own company because you know being um, being an a culture, um, culture marketer, I realized I wanted to do something that I always wanted to do is to be a bridge in between China and U.S. and helping the business in both countries to, to uh, do their, you know, 
explore their market in in the international market. So um, yeah, so I established my company, but I didn't really full timely start it until I left my job in China Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here I am. I uh, founded my company, and I also. Oh, I think I forgot to say I established my uh, uh, Instagram platform when I was um, you know, doing my first job in New York, which is in the PR company. I'm just, you know, always sharing what I'm doing uh, as a Chinese graduate student graduate in the BU and move to New York and have mm-hmm. this brand new life to me. I wanted to share uh, all this to the audience who are really watching me so yeah so that's how I started and now here I am I got this uh we have a co-international company that I founded I'm also an influencer and um last year I become a mom yes congratulations on that I really um because I met you a couple times and in several stages of your life that were quite critical, which I found very interesting. Either it was right before you pregnant and then you were, I haven't met you since you give birth to the kid, but I did know that when I uh, met you for the first time, you were establishing your company and your company has already had a lot of achievements. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering that, uh, you know, I remember when we first met, we also talked about a lot in regards of working in the U.S. as someone who's not from the U.S. Uh-huh. I'm thinking what, uh, as you said, you have you were inspired to start your company because you want to be the bridge in between two cultures and you want to uh-huh. connect art with fashion. But on top of that, what uh, do you think there is might be there might be a mentality change? Um, at that point in your life where you want to work for yourself or make a statement, what, what's the mentality shift there that inspired you to make the decision that you did? Um, I would say, you know, um, I realized, you know, after, um, working with in different companies, I, um, I was dealing with different clients, uh, from both China and US. Um, I found that there's a niche market over there. Um, I realized people in between China and US, they're curious, curious about, you know, each other's market, but they don't know where to start. Um, there's a lot of business inquiries coming from China and US. They wanted to explore their opportunities in, in both markets because China and US are basically, you know, the top two country right now. Um, and they wanted to, you know, um, share their market and get their, the opportunities when they can. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I remember why I registered the company is because I got an inquiry, business inquiries from China, which is a culture institute, and they wanted to uh, do this um, kind of like um, a, a international conference panel uh, in the U.S., and they are looking for someone who can help them to promote their event mm-hmm. uh, to the main press in the U.S., so uh, they are asking me if I can help, and, and I was like, yeah, of course, I would love to help. 
but they're like, how we can transfer the money to you? Uh, I was like, you need a company. So that's how mm-hmm. I basically started. Yeah, so it, it comes like really natural to me uh, to establish this company, register an account. And, um, you know, at that time, I was still doing this part-timely. But after a while, um, I realized, wow, this is actually something that I can do as a business full-timely. Yeah. That is so interesting. It's always funny yeah. when you naturally, accidentally fall into <laughs> into that situation. I know, right? And then yeah. I, I never, by then, I mean, when I get my first case, I never thought I could do this full-timely. Um, but, you know, after a while, I realized, wow, this this can be accumulated to a business model. And, yeah, it helped me to get to what I am right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So can you share with us then, taking a little bit of a sidestep in your story, can you share with us the moment you decided to step into motherhood or how that all unfolded for you in the midst of this incredible career and company that you've built? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, but the, actually it's not a planned thing. Uh, I got pregnant and that's when I, um, I, I step into the motherhood. Um, but it's a good surprise to me. Um, mm. and looking back, I think there's never be a perfect time to step into the motherhood because mm. you were never be ready, like fully ready for this. So I'm actually happy. It comes as a surprise, not planned. So I'm mm-hmm. more brave to embrace it. Yeah. It just happened. Kind of like, it's kind of like how your business kind of happened too. Like you just yeah. kind of fell into it. And then with motherhood, right. it's the same thing. And I think mm-hmm. oftentimes those things, those really big things in life, we wouldn't necessarily full force embark on them without, you know, a lot of hesitation if it didn't just happen. And I think that that's what makes them the best. I love that you, that you pointed that out because I think that's so true. Like we're never really ready for these big things. They just, they end up happening and then we have to embrace it and it ends up 10 times better that way. So I I love that that's your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our first time meeting, again, I can cut this out. We were just talking, but, um, I remember that, uh, she took me to the, to the convenience store. I don't know if you remember that. And you said, I need to buy this. And I said, Oh, yes. Remember? I remember this. Now I remember you were <laughs> actually like, one of the first, yeah. uh, witness of my yes. pregnancy. Yes. And I, I was remember. like, I, and then you're like, oh, I would prefer you don't tell anyone. I was like, I literally have no one to tell. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Um, nice to meet you. Uh, and then I was, yeah, and I was amazed by how it just happened because, and then I remember we just like kept talking that day because, you know, for me, I think a lot and I think for a lot of people too. And while mm-hmm. we were thinking, a lot of a lot of the opportunities or a lot of the chances it just slipped away as we juggle in between different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just wondering when you realize that, you know, no matter it was your marriage or you know, you're you're becoming a mother, were you ever afraid of anything or is there any a second thought there? Mm, I would say I'm kind of a person that 
I know I would be afraid if I overthinking it. So I just choose to not overthinking it. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, um, it does total sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I know like, you know, looking back off my life, I, I, uh, when I remember when I make, made decisions, I always choose to not overthinking things because I wanted to keep myself positive about making a decision because, mm-hmm. you know, after a while I realized if you make a decision, um, that, you know, if you wanted to do it, it instead of asking you if you are afraid of doing it, you, you probably wanted to ask if you really wanted to do it. Because if you wanted to do it, just go ahead and try it. Because looking back, you will regret if you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't regret if you fail, right? Because mm-hmm. at least you got the experience. Right. So, yeah. So, to me, when I make a decision, I want overthink and make myself be afraid. Because... I, otherwise, I won't be able to try and really, you know, enjoy uh, what this challenge brought to me. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I usually face these, um, you know, decisions in my life. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Too many yeah. times people scare themselves away. Yeah. And I, yeah. I do believe that if you really, really like something or you really really want to do it at the end of the day we are the only people that can give ourselves answers and we can never look for our answers from someone else or from other people experience and it's so interesting because sometimes uh, we are responding and for the most Mm -hmm. of the time we are responding to a circumstances and it's hardly there's hardly any chance for us to actually create circumstances so once we are able to do it we do it we jump into it and then we fix whatever is going to come along the way um and that reminds me that uh, i remember in the pre-call you mentioned uh, we, we were talking about motherhood a little bit and then you said that, you know, you wish uh, there would have more people talking about it or uh, there more support during that time when you were pregnant. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but I was just mm-hmm. curious to follow up with those questions. When you said that you want more support and more people talking about, quote unquote, this, what were you referring to and what actually <clears throat> make you um, come up with that type of emotions and you know longing for support um i would say the support is more mentally um you know like when i uh realized i got pregnant i actually got all the support like physically from my parents they came all the way um to help me take care of the baby especially my mom stayed until the end of october uh, partly because there is a quarantine going on, so she cannot go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but she helped me a long time, so I get to work. Um, but you know, mentally, I feel like all the all the women who are pregnant, they they will be able to going. Uh, I mean, they have to go through like a process of you know, uh, you know, ho- hormone change. Um, you know, they they're mentally like need more support uh from others than usually they when uh, then usually they do mm-hmm. so you know the hormone change it's 
it's actually a very physical thing, but it kind of leads you to have this mental, mental, um, uh, mental like needing uh, because um, you, when your hormone change, you will experience the motherhood like um, a blue period when you have this kind of depressed feelings and it's very natural. Like I, mm-hmm. anyone who I know are used to be pregnant, they all bring through this kind of period. So I feel like if there's someone told me about this, then I won't be freaked out. Right. I remember mm-hmm. like after I was pregnant, uh, after I gave birth, um, ZZ was born and uh, at that period like there's about one week that I, I feel like there's nothing is not, nothing is right to me like I always feel feel sad for no reason mm-hmm. and I feel like oh you know um why everybody is focusing on the baby not me I feel all the pain on my body and I can't do anything but just lying in bed and breastfeeding it's like very depressing as a woman right yeah uh but it's actually very normal. It's very normal to every woman who will, um, every woman, I mean, 80% of the women will experience this. Um, but no one ever told me before. So I was like, what's wrong with me? So if there is someone out there who are experienced, who will be able to share to you, then that will be really good and helpful because I know that someone who, um, I know there's a mom who who been through this and didn't get out of it, mm-hmm. and the situation got worse. He has to go to hospital because he doesn't have enough support around her, so he's you know running through this mental issue. Mm-hmm. So I feel like moms, uh, especially new moms, uh, need support from um, you know maybe mom friends and or even like a you know, your, your husband or someone mm-hmm. who is close to you that to, you know, mentally be there for you, you know, not the physical. I mean, everyone can be there to take care of you, but physically, but, you know, mentally, you never know what a mom is going through. Um, it, cause it's a big change for women too. You're, you're basically having a, had a big surgery and, uh, your life changed after having a baby so all this you need to be digested by one single cell it's not fair yeah 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 it's true i mean listening to you talk about that i actually have some people in my life right now who have just had children and Mm -hmm. it is i mean one of them i just saw them literally right after and it's just i mean it's so it's it's strange because it seems like it's so taboo for anybody mm-hmm. to talk about what that actual experience is like. They're like, Oh, you had a baby. Everything's so exciting. It's so wonderful. It's so, right. you know, and everybody is super excited and they're yeah. all applauding, you know, but at the same time, I think there's a whole other side that goes completely ignored. And mm-hmm. it's a side that even until recent years, I didn't have a full understanding of, I still don't have a full understanding of it. And mm-hmm. I feel like still no one talks about it. I think it's getting better, but there, I mean, your body literally just went through a giant trauma too. I mean, it's not, that's not an easy thing. I mean, it's whoever said that was easier thinks it's easy. It's, it's, 
it's not like, I mean, I haven't been there yet, but that is a huge undertaking on your body. And (laughs) it's it's interesting how, like, I mean, even in normal life, like when people have mental health struggles, um, Mm -hmm. in general, and it's not from pregnancy, we don't treat them as if we would treat like a broken arm or we would treat like the physical parts of a surgery or something like that. And Mm -hmm. same thing with motherhood. Like it's not just a trauma to the body. I think even though it's a happy and exciting time because there's a new life in the world, there's Mm -hmm. still that mental side of it too. And I love that, that you're bringing that to light and talking about that because I think Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the best thing. I, I love these conversations that we have here on the spark because That right there, what you just shared, I think will make somebody else feel less alone who might be listening to this. And Mm -hmm. I feel like in just that moment, you just offer the support to somebody that you may not even know um, that you needed at that time. So I think that that's super powerful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to, you know, speak this out. And I think uh, women like us, we need to speak it out and support each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we are the best friends to each other. I think. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, to anyone who are listening, just don't be afraid. And you you need to know like everything will be better. You know, <laughs> like um, it's just a short period uh, of time that you were been through this trauma. And after, you know, baby growing up and after the hormone get back to you know, normal and you will be back to normal too. So don't worry and you will get better and just relax and enjoy the present. Uh, as baby, when they're little, they're only little for once. So enjoy the moment. That's yeah. true. That's, that's so, so true. Yeah. that's so true because I, uh, you know, we, we did this motherhood series and we interviewed, uh, a, uh, and, and started off with an influencer from Singapore who gave birth to mm-hmm. a kid in Beijing. And that Wednesday, Martin, but she did not give birth to her child outside of where she's from. It's still in the U.S. And then we went back to, you know, you who was from China and give birth in the States, um, because of your business and like, you know, life happens. And mm-hmm. sometimes, I, I always think to myself and to me and to Mike, because this is possibly the life that we are going to embarking on as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we're just thinking, I am just thinking that sometimes, um, you know, when mothers are in foreign countries or not where they are from, the support becomes 10 times more critical for mm-hmm no matter our mental state or, you know, yeah. just being grounded. And I think the fact that based on your story, my understanding is the fact that your mom is here really helped a lot um, for you to navigate in this, you know, city while you're mm-hmm. going through all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that as a, you know, as you are giving birth and embarking on this new life journey in somewhere that you, where you're not originally from, did that have any impact to you as a, you know, no matter, no matter an entrepreneur or an individual? Mm, uh, um, I would say, um, yes, definitely. Like, you know, being a, bicultural background person uh, you will experience something that is that locals want experience for yeah. sure um you know um it's an opportunity but it's also a challenge as a bicultural entrepreneur or person mm-hmm. um i get to see the opportunity that other people won't be able to see 
I see, for example, like I established my company based on, um, you know, what I, who I am, I am Mm -hmm. biculture. So I, I will be able to, you know, get the business from China and help them uh, in the U.S. and vice Mm -hmm. versa, help U.S. business to grow their, their market in China. So this is the opportunity that as a bicultural, you give it to me. But the challenge brought to me is that uh, one, uh, as a business, it does, you know, influence my business. If the China and U.S. relationship is going, um, going not well, for example, mm-hmm. last year, the quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic uh, it really have a huge influence on my business because, you know, the, um, basically both country, they shut, shut their doors to each other for mm-hmm. the whole year. So everything has to be go, going virtual. Um, yeah. So this is a big influence to me on the, on the bad, on the bad side. But, um, for, uh, as you say, like you were making an example about me, uh, being a mom mm-hmm. uh, as a person need support from like people who are similar to me, right? I totally agree with that. Um, I feel like, you know, as a bicultural living in New York, it's a uh, kind of challenge when challenging when I became a mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much people out there are moms. Uh, mm-hmm. and coming from my background, it's even less. Um, so I, but I didn't shut down my door, I would say. I felt like, you know, um, one, I make friends with people like who are local here, who are moms, and we become really good friends and we hang out all the time. And second, um, I also found, I'm not sure if you guys know Little Red Book. It's a Chinese app. Yeah. Um, I was on that too. And, you know, I realized I can actually find out more friends, more mom friends from Little Red Book. And we, I actually established a mom's group. So if you guys want to join in later, yes. when you become moms, you can be here. Um, I, you know, I, I, as I said, I feel like moms need more support. So I, I didn't see anyone out there who is doing this. So I established a casual moms group on WeChat and inviting all the moms who were coming from Chinese background, living in the New York and need support to join, yeah. to join the group. So we have a group of, uh, I think right now it's 11. I actually just wow. added a new mom to my group this morning. Um, yeah, so we always hang out and share each other's, you know, feelings, uh, when we met. So it was great. Uh, so I feel like, you know, it's never, uh, some, it's never, um, uh, a, a shortage for me, I think, as yeah. a, yeah. as a bicultural entrepreneur or a person. I think, it, the opportunities are always out there. It depends on your attitude. If you want to embrace it or you want to shut your door and not, not, you know, giving yourself an opportunity that's really depends on yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, because what I found very interesting because I follow way too many influencers, maybe a little too many, to the <laughs> point where I am very easy to be influenced. But、uh, I'm just always looking at those people, and it seems like for some reason, the mother's side or mother influencers are not as prominent,、uh, at least among you know Asian Chinese communities.、Mm -hmm. um, the mother. Influencers are always the minor, not the, in terms of number, are not are not the the majority, and、yeah. I just think that I'm. I always wonder why, or it could be because because I'm not a mom, so I'm not exposed to that content. The algorithm、mm -hmm. just doesn't do that for me. But、yeah. just generally speaking, I found a there are a lot fewer influencers who would establish themselves as a mother and doing this type of stepping into this business at the same time. Now there are more, but still, I wonder why. Like, why do you think? Is it because mothers are busy, or is because、um, there's just once a lot of people decided to just quit this type of, you know, internet exposure once they become mothers, especially bicultural mothers.、Um... I don't know. I think everyone's case is different, probably. Um, but I feel like you know, for people, it's I it. I think there is a mental switch when、mm. you become mom.、Uh, a lot of mom are like,、um, you know, once I become a mama, my it's actually happened to me as well. You know, like、um, after I being a mom, I feel like you know I. I have this switch in my mind, like what is more important to me right now. Of course, the you know, as a mom, I think the baby is the most important to me.、Yeah. It's a it's a natural switch. I feel like I feel like ninety nine percent of mom has this switch. It's just it's the mother earth,、um, you know, mother earth、um, did to you. You know,、mm -hmm. you it's it's what it is to be a human, what it is to be a woman. Like when you become a mom, you you know、um, your life will be different because you have this mental switch that you know、um, what is in life that makes the most matter to you.、Um, so I think a lot of mom will have career change because they have this mental change in their in their own body, telling them like you know what's your mission of your life is it's it changed.、Um, So when I、um, when I become a mom, making myself an example, I、um, I started to like rethink about my business model. I started to rethink like you know how I spare my time、um, to do something like really matters to me. For example, I used to work like whole days every day from Monday to Sunday, but now. I spare my time out to take care of my kid.、Um, mm -hmm. Before I, I, I always going out for events, and now I, I just don't find it, it interested to me. Like I don't want to hang out with others. I want to hang out with my babies.、Mm -hmm. So I think it it happens to all the women as well. So that's、mm -hmm. probably why it's no matter they're Asian, no matter they're 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 white, they're black. I think everyone. Uh, as when they become mom, they have this、uh, mentally change.、Um, they wanted to,、um, you know, change their career. I actually heard、um, a week ago, like one of my friend who used to working, who still working in Google, but she、uh, 
she just told me like she wanted to do something different. She wanted to be a teacher. Mm, she wow. wanted to quit her, her job. Um, she wanted to do something that she found really interested to her. You know, she wanted to taking care of other babies. I think it makes total sense to me because you know, um, you found what is really matters to you. I think that's very important as women, as a human. Um, and I think this is. I actually, uh, the, here is another thing. I I was watching uh, Mr. Rogers. You know, oh. uh, it's it's a movie um, acted by uh, uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, last night, and he was talking about this in the in the movie. He's like, when you you know when you become a parent, you have a second chance to grow up, mm-hmm. and I love that sentence, and I totally agree with it. Um, I think being a parent, no matter your mom or your dad, you get a chance to grow up again. You got a chance to realize what really matters in your life again. So I think that's a really a good benefit to being a parent. Um, yeah. So I think as you to answer your question for this, uh, Asian moms, why they suddenly disappear. Um, I think they just do some doing something that it really matters to them right now. So. Mm-hmm. Don't bother them. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, uh-huh. you've offered so much, so, so many pieces of wonderful advice and different mm-hmm. tidbits of information. I mean, not in- information, but inspiration, excuse me, about yeah. when it comes to career, when it comes to motherhood, when it comes to everything else in between. I wonder mm-hmm. what advice, I mean, just to to bring it all together and to bring it home um, as we near the end of our time together, what advice would you give to somebody who is nervous about starting a new chapter in their life, whether it be a professional passion or starting a family or anything else in, in, in life? Um, yeah, uh, I think we already talked about it. Just as I say, the only advice I would give to everyone who is listening just to face it and enjoy the challenge because you never know until you, you know, enter this new chapter, no matter how much you prepare, there's always something that unexpected happened. So just, you know, enjoy the beauty of it. And that's actually, you know, unexpected is always the beauty of it. You know, you know, when you look back, you will enjoy it so much and you smell back at it. So, you know, just embrace whatever that is new to you and you won't regret it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, um, we, we met because Mike married to um, my family friend's kid. Like my family friends was parents, were my parents' friends for the past two decades. So their son married uh, Meg. Um, and um, yeah, sometimes I just wonder... Because we were asked a lot, why do we, two people who do not have kids, want to do a series dedicated to mother, which I think makes sense because we're all women. We were just curious about each other's experience. But for a lot Mm -hmm. of people, they were very confused why we are doing this. And (laughs) and to to bring it into light, I'm just thinking, you know, Meg, um, when you, it's a question for Meg more so actually, uh, mm-hmm. to think about that you might, you marry into this entire new situations, uh, were there anything that 
you know, when we were doing this series as our series is also towards the end. Um, what's your thought on motherhood elsewhere, and how did it shift as you were talking to you know different people? And now we have someone who is is in the same situation as you, except like she's Chinese in America.、Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great question. I think like. I mean, there's such a different mentality in the U.S., you know, and we've talked about this offline a little bit, and I think a little bit online as well, especially、um, in our earlier episode with Diana. But basically, things that have shifted for me is that it's okay. In fact, it should be accepted to have help. I think looking at motherhood、um, as somebody who is American and in the U.S. It's and and talking about too like what we talked about with Wednesday like false choices too. So it's like the idea something that shifted for me is the idea is that I don't have to choose. I don't have to give or take. Like I can have both,、um, and it should be accepted that I can have as much help as I want without feeling shameful about it. Because I think <laughs> in the U.S.、Um, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Jenny, but the there's like this mentality of. I can do it all, whereas in China,、yeah. and it's the same. It's the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in China, something that I mean, well, and in Diana's experience, something that really、mm-hmm. she opened our eyes to was that it takes a village, and we already knew that, but the village is accepted over、right. elsewhere, and and here it's not so much. And I think that's the biggest thing that shifted for me. Also, the other thing that shifted for me back to what I mentioned just previously. Are is the concept of false choices? Like as women,、mm-hmm. we're, you know, there's this idea. It's like, well,、um, you know, you might have to choose. You might have to instead of instead of actually choosing that you wanted to cut back on your career, like companies sometimes or your career、mm-hmm. path can force you into choosing. Oh, I need to work less, or I can't work for this company anymore. Whereas what Wednesday was talking about is. That's that's a false choice because the company should have provided you an an option to be able to work and the support. Just like we need the support、um, in our in our individual and personal lives,、mm-hmm. companies and especially in America need to offer that additional support and not make it this idea of where you know, like okay, like. Well, sorry, you can't cut back on your hours, or sorry, you can't have the same pay and take a leave. Sorry, you can't. When actually, why? Why can't we? You know, like why can't、mm-hmm. we have that? We're the only people on this earth who bear this. It's not a burden, but we bear this ability to to create life, and that should be accommodated in all aspects, not just、right. you know. So,、um, so it's very interesting. Yeah, talking about. To having these different conversations with you, Jenny, and with our previous guests as well, just a, the exploration of that. Because, and I would say to our listeners too, and those who have brought up any sort of confusion, the thing is, is that everything stems back to motherhood in the world. It, motherhood is everything. It's not the world and then motherhood. I mean, we wouldn't have the world if we didn't have motherhood. If we, woman, we. It's cliche, but we literally, we literally make the world go round, and we create、yes. the world. <laughs> yeah,、know? we are. <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's it's all applicable, and it's just because Amy and I don't have children. 
I think talking to people who do and who have had this experience, mm-hmm. we're naturally curious about it. Obviously, we're women where this is something that is potentially in both of our futures, but also it's something that every single one of us on this earth has been impacted by. Maybe after you listen to this series, you'll, you'll think about your mother differently and what she may have gone through when you were younger, or you'll think about your friend who maybe you didn't have a kid, but she did. And you can think about, wow, she might be going through some things right now that I don't even understand. But I heard that episode with Jenny and she really opened my eyes to what could be going on with my friend or, you know, there's different things like that. So I challenge our listeners to really think about motherhood as all encompassing that it's not a separate topic that sometimes we talk about. It actually is the topic that revolves around us every single moment in time. Mm-hmm. So great. <laughs> Thank you what so kind of much world for coming. Do you want Zizi oh, yeah. to live in? No, so that's curious. A, that's a great question. What kind Sorry, of world? What kind of world uh, do you want Zizi to live in? What kind of world? Wow. As a That's mom. a big question. Just like when you um, think about it, like a couple of words, you know, because I'm just thinking we have talked so much about the world that we are currently living in, segregate different, not only topics, right. also genders, you know, um, we, we see everything in a way that is already set up. But for Zizi, <laughs> everything is new. Every day is new. And right. you are her world. So what kind of world do you want her to live in? Um, I want her to see a world, live in the world. Um, I can't, you know, make this vague thing to be so specific. If I yeah, make it simple, I want her to live in a world like, like a village, like it's the village, you know, we live in it's the village. It's it's beautiful here, you know. It's not. It's like everyone is everyone's neighbor. Everyone loves each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, she, the what we do every morning is like we walk her out after her breakfast, and she say hi to everyone, even they don't oh. know each other. Um, she will see dogs running around. She will see kids, you know, laughing and playing on the playground. Um. And, you know, other people just come say hi to her because, you know, they see a cute kid. Um, and she also hang out with, you know, the daycare kids who are very international, who are coming from different backgrounds. They are Japanese, they are American, they are Spanish, you know, they are, they're also there are some from China. So um, I just feel like I hope, you know, she's living in the world that, um, she get to be able to embrace everyone and she will not afraid to give love. Uh, she will not afraid to be herself um, and everyone else as well. You know, everyone else is more accepting and mm-hmm. everyone else is more respecting. You know, I hope that world will exist. Um, and yeah. And, and for the natural part, I hope there's a lot of greens, there's, there's good environment. I'm actually really worried about this because, you know, the environment is not yeah. doing well. And we're trying to make everything that is 
more environment friendly to her right now. Kind of like started a baby training <laughs> to tell her, you know, how to do composting, how to recycling things, how uh, how to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm actually pretty worried about this. You know, to see all the news going on, yeah. see this, to be through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there's just hope. I just feel like you know, as long as she's living in a world that has hope, that'll be okay. Yeah, mm. amazing, that's so beautiful. No, that's a that's that's an ending. <laughs> that's the world I want to <laughs> live in. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much for Thank your time. You, of course. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. Connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Megan Amy, or send us an email at hello spark podcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark.